weekly waves with Bert and Hayes. We lift the weights and go on dates. And we are mates that educate and conversate. And it's our podcast. Weekly Weights with Alex and Will. Welcome to episode 58 of Weekly Weights. I'm Alex Hayes. With I'm me Will is Will. Berkman. Yeah, hi. What's up? How are we? Good. I like it when you introduce me as though I can't introduce myself. Well, all right. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I am here, as you can tell. So today we're here with a um, new podcast about the Olympics and whether powerlifting has a place and whether we think that's going to happen and if so, how would that look? So arguing for the affirmative by the sounds of things is Alex Hayes. Arguing. I'm not really arguing. Um, it's this is this is an absolute pipe dream. <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. Okay, I'm just going to state my opinion straight up. Powerlifting is not going to be in the Olympics. If it like, as in, I'll give. Here's my full opinion. Barring some cataclysmic, unbelievable change to the global scene in powerlifting, there will powerlifting will never be in the Olympics. And even were there to be a massive cataclysmic change to the global like powerlifting community and organizations and everything even were that to happen it would be a long time before powerlifting comes to the goes to the olympics so in my opinion it's not going to happen like until i see that change i'm going to say it's not going to happen and when that change happens i'll say maybe in a long time yeah i agree and the biggest reason for this is that there are so many federations and that the whole sport is so convoluted and there's not one sort of entity that has entire control over all of the all of the power thing that happens. I think. Well, Whereas that's, in most other sports, it's like there's one big one which has you know ninety plus percent of participation. And yeah. if we, even if we look at Australia, there's like fucking ten powerlifting federations in Australia or more. Yeah, I mean that's true, but it's not true of every sport. So I know I gave Rob Wilkes a quick call about this last night. Shout out, Rob. Will Berkman, how are you? Yeah, you turkey. Still pathetic at bench. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much the conversation, but no, he did. Um, he did give a couple of examples. So I, I don't know if it's, don't know if it's the Olympic level or somewhere else. But boxing, for instance, is looking like it's going to be administered by a new federation at one of the big upcoming tournaments. Um, there's some rival federation to FINA, I think it is, which is the swimming one that's trying to be recognised for World Games participation and things like. There are other sports that are big sports that have multiple federations, but certainly not many that are anywhere near as fractured as powerlifting. Like powerlifting is at the absolute extreme end. Yeah, I mean, there's that many federations and the actual sport's different between all the federations, which makes it super, super confusing. Yeah, I'm not sure there's any swimming ones that are like, oh, we'll swim, but we're going to do it on yeah, different gonna... mediums. Like yeah, we might we... swim through treacle. Yeah, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to dive in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to start from the wall. Yeah, you can wrap your knees in certain <laughs> swimming federations. Other, other ones you have to wear ankle weights. Sometimes things like you're that. allowed those ridiculous uh, full body suits. Some of them you're not. I reckon they should have a flippers and snorkel swimming federation where you race, like, and you don't even have to stop to breathe. Do you reckon people would be if faster or the dragons? What if? Yeah, in powerlifting, it certainly exists. <laughs> um, Everything exists. Okay, so I don't think powerlifting is going to be in the Olympics. Alex, I don't either. You, oh, bullshit. Off air, you said what? you thought it was going to be in the Olympics eventually. I, I said eventually, but not before we die. Yeah, but that's like that's like presuming eternity. Like, as in, if we were to just go forever, there would have to be some eventuality where powerlifting was. Yes, in the there Olympics. is some universe in which powerlifting <laughs> makes it in, but not this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> not in our lifetimes. Okay, so 
All that said, should we start by talking? We were just talking about this off air. The motto for the Olympics. What's the motto for the Olympics? Will it's harder, better, faster, stronger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by Daft Punk. Isn't they that actually a- wrote that. Yeah, Daft Punk wrote that in the early um, early eighteen hundreds. Isn't or that that uh, Mark Bell documentary? Mark <laughs> Bell's brother documentary. What is that one called again? Bigger, stronger, faster, isn't it? Is it? Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's basically it. Bigger, stronger, faster, harder, harder better, faster, harder, better, faster, stronger, anyway, higher, yeah. Kanye West. <laughs> um, it's Sidious Altius Fortius, which is Latin or Greek. Latin. Sounds Latin. It must be Greek because the Olympics. It sounds Latin, but yeah, Sidious Altius Fortius. It's a language, not English. <laughs> it's I'm, not English. I'm, I'm willing to venture that it's not English, and Sidious means faster, Altius means higher, and Fortius means stronger. Or means four lots of ten. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. By by the definition, stronger. You know, powerlifting caters to one third of that definition. So you'd think that some Altius more barbell squat higher, some more barbell <laughs> or strength sports would be in the Olympics. You would you would think. Okay, well, you know what? When we get on to the actual criteria for Olympic admission, which I've done a little bit of research on, of we'll talk have. about why. Yeah, of course I have. Well, one of us has to actually know anything about the topic at a given time. <laughs> we came up with this topic yesterday, and, yeah, and I haven't even had a minute to look at the notes. Okay, well, luckily I wrote the notes, so I've had a minute. You can just give me your thoughts as the, they form. I'm just looking at all the weird sports that are in the Olympics. All right, well... So there's. Go on. You so want to tell me some two, dumb sports? There's two canoeing sports, mm-hmm. two separate ones. Yep. Four cycling sports. Yep. Three equestrian sports. Yeah. To nay or not to nay, that is equestrian. <laughs> Christ. Go on. Uh, that's trampoline. Yep. I'm for trampoline, big time. Two types of uh, wrestling. Yep. Um, as WWE? well as taekwondo as well as boxing as yep. well as judo so five martial arts yep. slash combat sports yep handball yep yeah that's that's about it European handball is pretty big in it Europe. is actually it's actually hectic I remember when um, I was in what year was I in I reckon 12 actually we had a German guy stay at our house for a week on exchange for Hans. a couple of weeks his name was Ben that's so, so shout weird. out Ben if you're listening. Yeah, and he brought his European handball over, and it's like they're really small and really heavy. Yeah, and he was explaining the sport to me. It was hectic, and he came and watched me play rugby, and he was like, "Wow, rugby's cool." Right. Well, now that we've had that discussion, <laughs> um, we can also knock off a couple of sports that used to be in the Olympics. My favorite's tug of war, but cricket was at one stage in Olympic sport. Um, tug of war was apparently really well regarded and well contested, but it was start. dropped. Was it Test cricket? Uh, I don't know because you actually. have to start that like four weeks before the Olympic starts to get enough fucking time to play all the round games before the finals because if yeah. the fucking well, matches are five days well and like baseball could be similar right because baseball they just keep playing innings until someone wins but it's one day yeah but I mean like how many games do they have to play but like cricket it's five days for one match yeah but you can't do like a double header like you can in soccer in baseball like as in you have to put a day aside for it right so it could run for nearly the whole yeah Olympics. it'd be like a morning and then a night or something. Yeah. and likewise surfing like surfing's now in the Olympics as of next year and unless they hosted a wave pool all the time they have to have a waiting period to ensure the conditions are good enough so you know even like Indonesia they've got a surfing comp in Indonesia at the moment and it's like a two week waiting period and despite that being like one of the most consistent places in the world for good surf they're looking like they're going to finish it, or I think they might have just finished it on the last day. So, you know, there's, yeah, a bit of uncertainty around them as well. 
All right, let's hear about the criteria to become an Olympic sport. <coughs> and uh, yeah, let's go from there. All right. I'm so glad you asked. So, um, shout out to Britannica, by the way. Do you remember Encyclopedia Britannica? Do you remember when you used to get the little CD-ROM that you could load to look up things on Encyclopedia Britannica in the library? I remember getting the CD. I never actually put it in the computer and looked anything up. Oh, well, that's probably the difference between me and you, isn't it, Alex? So, so I looked up, um, I looked up the IOC recognition process, and so what I'm saying is basically just from Britannica. Um, so first things first, a sport has to be recognised by the IOC as a sport. That's important. Um, and part of that definition is that the activity has to have an administration by an international non-government association. And then they have to enforce the Olympic Movement Anti-Doping Code. And if they're doing that, then the Sports International Federation has to apply for admittance and they, they file a petition and it basically establishes its eligibility for the IOC. And if, like, if they've done all those things, they demonstrate that they're compliant with the Olympic Movement Anti-Doping Code, which is the wider code... Um, then they can be admitted as a sport discipline or event. So the difference between, say, a sport and a discipline would be, a, what would, I don't know, what's a good example? So track and field is considered a sport of which... 100 uh, metres is a discipline. 100 metres. Oh, well, running would be a discipline of which 100 metres is an event. Right. You know, and so 800 metres is another event that is running. So that's a good example. Um, so, you know, um, certain events are added to each Olympics and some might be dropped out here and there as well. Um but sports are also added and removed at each Olympics. We'll get onto that as well. So some of the things that they have to sort of establish as their credentials is that it's widely practiced. So more than 75 countries and um, across more than four continents of male participation. And I don't know if it's and or or and, but greater than 40 countries and greater than, and greater than 30 continents of female participation. So on that front, powerlifting probably has a tick, I'd say, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, it must increase the value and appeal of the Olympic Games um, and retain and reflect the modern traditions of the Olympics. So, per what you were saying with the higher, faster, stronger thing, possibly, although I'd make some arguments against that as well, which we'll get back to. Um, there's also bans against pure mind sports. So, chess is an example. Um, I think chess is actually recognized as a sport by the Olympics, but they're never going to be admitted to the Games. And also, sports dependent on mechanical propulsion. So, car racing is another one that's never going to make the Olympics because it's yeah um, relies on combustion engines. I reckon Fred Flintstone-style car racing might be able to make it, like billy karting, if somebody could get that up. Um, and now, because there's so many sports in the Olympics, to stop the games getting too massive, any new sports have to replace old sports, so there's like a net neutral number at each Olympics. Um, there's also some consideration given to logistical issues and the costs of staging sports, um, which is part of why I think things like cricket would be maybe unappealing and one of the reasons why I think surfing might be a slight problem. Um, anyway, so they're the, they're the admission criteria, basically. Widely practiced, increased value and appeal, retain and reflect modern traditions, not be a pure mind sport or based on mechanical propulsion um, and be logistically and you know economically viable to host. So on those fronts, what do you think, powerlifting? Yeah, pretty much a tick. Go through each of them and we'll debate each point. Okay. Widely practiced, 75 countries, four continents, or women own more than 40 countries and more than three continents. Well, Certain def- definitely tick. more than three or four continents. I don't know if 75 countries. Well, that's doesn't probably, the, that's the pretty... IPF has like 110 member nations of which however many yeah, are actually Yeah, how many real. of those actually go to international events? I would be willing to believe 
easily that there's 75 countries that do powerlifting. Yeah, I think 75's... Yeah, just... Mate, if 75 countries do canoe slalom, 75 countries do powerlifting. Let's just take that as red. Like, that's the least arguable one of these, surely. Yeah, sure, keep going. Okay. Um, Increase value and appeal of the Olympic Games. What do you reckon? I don't know how appealing it is to watch um, someone's head explode when they squat. (laughs) (laughs) So, like... (laughs) From a viewer standpoint, maybe like if you're into that sort of like extreme, how far you can push the body, like type of thing, but it's probably not very relatable. I think it's funny because I was going to say like the sports that aren't big sports. So say soccer and basketball, the Olympics, people want to watch because there's like stars playing and really high quality contests. Same for tennis, you know, track and field. People love it because like everybody wants to know who the fastest man on earth is, things like that. So they get good crowds. And then the sports that are more like novelty sports. So, you know, of them, I'm thinking things like whatever, equestrian or... Beach volleyball. Beach volleyball and stuff. They get good crowds, I think, partly when there's something like a little bit kooky about them that like people are interested in. Like you you want to basically have a sport that is good for television, right? Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. And I think you want to have sports that have some, like some money-making potential as well. Um, I don't think powerlifting is a big moneymaker. And also, when you have um, the Olympics in your city, for instance, we had it in 2000. Yeah. Did you go to any weird events and like find them really interesting? Uh, I actually only went to some tennis and some soccer. So, no. But okay, well, I went to water polo, which I'd never watched before. Yeah. And like the crowd was hectic and yeah. it was extremely interesting, but I had no idea what was going on. Whereas like if you were, com- if you were completely unaware of what powerlifting was... And you bought tickets to go see the powerlifting. It, it it would be very unlikely that you'd end up a fan of powerlifting. Yeah, I don't know if you'd get full hype on it. I'd enjoy the deadlifts. I think deadlifts are like easily the most watchable because you don't need to know anything. You just yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure that there'd be massive crowd appeal. I'm not sure that they had value. And then um, we're going to get on to... I wrote down a bunch of stuff about weightlifting later. But I think not only does weightlifting kind of tick the box in a lot of people's minds of like the strength sport in the Olympics, but weightlifting also has some very unsavory things about it that make it not attractive at the moment to the Olympic administration, um, particularly to do with drugs. The, the biggest difference as uh, viewer appeal goes with weightlifting and powerlifting is that on the platform, it's literally only the lifter. Yeah. Whereas in, in powerlifting, you have five spotters, three referees, you know, there's nine people on the platform when, when the squat's going on, for instance. Yeah. It's it's hard to sort of focus your attention on the actual action when there's so much going on. Yeah, for sure. And weightlifting as well, people... I mean, you can miss on technicalities. Like, I think if you catch a clean in your knees at your elbows, for instance, that's a no lift. But that doesn't really tend to happen. Your ass hits the ground or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That I mean, is, their is, ass always hits the ground. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, like... That rarely happens at the international level. Like, basically, people go, if this person can't get the weight overhead, they're not going to get the lift, you know? And so, for for even non-weightlifting aficionados, it's quite an intuitive thing to watch. Makes good sense. Somebody goes out, tries to lift a weight overhead, they either do it or they don't. You know what gets really good crowds and what people love? What? And is a barbell kind of sport? Crossfit. Crossfit. We're going to get onto that. I reckon we should have strongman in the Olympics. That's... That's just me. Nah, if you're going to complain about drugs and weightlifting, then drugs and strongman is yeah, but far I reckon worse. all drug Olympics, strongman <laughs> um, and CrossFit and CrossFit. Um, we'll get onto that, but yeah, but yeah, I don't think it increases value and appeal. What I was going to say is funny though, is because we're so acclimated to powerlifting, probably the freak show aspect of it is 
less like noteworthy to us whereas i bet if you showed like a random person somebody squatting 400 kilos or something they'd be like holy shit yeah, yeah. i don't know but anyway i don't know that the value and think, appeal would I think increase actually, with that last point i think it actually goes the other way when when you're unaware like if you show someone who's never seen powerlifting before a 300 kilo squat mm-hmm. and then you show someone else who's never seen powerlifting before ray williams 490 kilo squat you probably get a similar reaction from both Whereas if you saw someone who's actually in powerlifting or four nineties Ray Williams squat, you get a holy fuck that is like absolutely unbelievable. Mm. Whereas a three hundred kilo squat for them might be like, oh yeah, that's quite you know, within reach. But it's yeah. it's impressive, but it's within reach for me in, in five years or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's true as well. Um but anyway, I've I've got question marks over the value and appeal, basically. I don't yeah, I, agree. I don't think it adds value, particularly given that weightlifting is already there. Um, I don't think it adds a huge amount of appeal. I don't think there's anybody who's going to watch the Olympics to see powerlifting that wouldn't already watch the Olympics. And I and because it is a sport that has some crossover in the public perception with weightlifting, I don't think it adds. A, I don't think it gives a new face to the games that wouldn't already be there. Much as I would like the sport. So in that instance, I'm I'm giving it a tentative X. I'd like to see it because I think it would push the best people to compete at that competition because that's the pinnacle. Mm. like some world championships you see some people don't turn up one year or whatever it is but if it's yeah. every four years you're going to get the best competition each time and it's going to raise the standard yeah but that's good for powerlifting it's not necessarily good that's for right. the Olympics yeah. yeah that's good for me as like a from a entirely like powerlifting perspective wanting to see the best competition sure um, retaining and reflecting modern traditions that to me without actually looking up an example of a modern tradition can't really say one way or another um you know, I guess powerlifting is, yeah, like you said, it's got the 40s aspect. You know, there's a, like, there's a training and technical discipline. You know, man against a barbell is a simple sport. There's a lot Very to simple, like about yeah. that. Um, now, the thing I thought was interesting was banning pure mind sports. Obviously, it doesn't apply to powerlifting. Might apply to esports. That's something I'd find really interesting. But sports dependent on mechanical propulsion, I think that would make um, equipped powerlifting extremely unpalatable for the Olympics forgetting the logistical aspects of it and just that it makes it one step less relatable to the public i reckon if powerlifting ever makes the olympics it's going to be raw what do you think i agree entirely um Um, which is funny because the world games is equipped isn't it yes yep um i uh um i think that yes it's most appealing to the public even just raw in sleeves versus raw in wraps agreed because if you see someone you know, walking out, like can barely bend their knees walking out to the platform. You're like, oh, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Where if you just see some guy with some some spandex on his knees just walk out, it's a lot more like relatable. You would see that. People would see that in everyday gyms. Yeah, you want the least sort of caveats around the performances as as possible. So Any powerlifting Olympics should just be raw, no belt, no sleeves, no shoes, just a singlet. Naked. Ancient Greek tradition, naked powerlifting. <laughs> Just a leaf. Yeah. Suck it for anybody who has like a particularly high deadlift lockout as well. Just bam. Cop that. <laughs> Get longer arms. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I think it would be raw. Um, and then the the final thing I mentioned was that new sports have to replace old sports. So you sort of joked about there being like a whole bunch of sports with multiple disciplines and things. Right. But I don't, I can't see powerlifting displacing any particular sport in the Summer Olympics. I like... There's no sport I look at in the Summer Olympics and go, that's such a waste of time. Powerlifting would do way better. 
without doing it from like the most one-eyed powerlifting should be in there. Maybe we need to add one of the powerlifting events into like the pentathlon or something. So it's like ski, shoot, and then squat, and then like <laughs> ski, shoot, deadlift, and max, and then fifteen hundred meter run. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. That's basically CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so we're, we're going to replace one of the powerlifting events with one of the events in the in the pentathlon or whatever. Yeah, just slowly whatever sneak athlon. it into sneak it into the triathlon, lift by lift, and twelve year plan is replace like the run with the squat, the swim with the bench, and what's the other part the cycle with the deadlift and suddenly you got powerlifting that's sick i'm into that um <laughs> but yeah i don't see it replacing any other games and logistical issues and costs of staging i actually think powerlifting is not the worst one but when the competitions were running they would basically need a place for the whole day i don't think that's unusual for any particular sport i also don't think it's unreasonable for an olympic hosting nation to get like a couple of combo racks and stuff so it's i don't think that's the worst thing in the world yeah i um, don't think so either but if you if you're going to have a whole um, Olympics, or the, actually, you could probably do, you could probably do one platform at a time, one weight class at a time. You could, and, but yeah, then that draws it out a long. But you'd time. probably only need one hall. I mean, how long does the Olympics go for? It's like three weeks, right? Yeah. How long would it take to get through sixteen open weight classes? Not very long. Well, we get it done in five days, to be honest. Yeah, but when we get there, um, when we get there, I'll. I'll say I don't think that should be the case. I think they should be having as much powerlifting. If they were going to do it, they should have as much running as possible because that would make it so much better for television because you could just cut from lift to lift instead of having all the digging around waiting. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't think it's going to be in there just on those bases. But, you know, presuming that powerlifting could be recognized, I still don't think it would get there. The Yeah, the next thing to consider though is that at the moment it's not. So if you look up the... Um, if you look up the IOC list of sports that they recognize, powerlifting is not one of them. Um, the IPF are working on it. So the the executive committee statement in, I think it was 22nd of December or something last year, they were talking about the fact that they're continuing to do good work. But so far, they haven't been recognized. They're not an Olympic sport. They're not even, um, yeah, they're not even in the list of sports that are recognized by the IOC, but aren't in the Olympics. How many are on the list that aren't in the Olympics? A uh, pretty decent number. Like the similar number to how many are in the Olympics? Uh, I don't know. Less. I'd have to open... The, no, it's like a good number. Right. Um, I'd have to open the list. But point is, powerlifting's not even there yet. So Got so a long, we're... Long a way to go, yeah. Yeah, a couple of hurdles short. So IPF is trying to do that. I th- I don't know when they're next up for review, but it's not happening right now. Um, so they've got to get recognized. Then they've got to actually find a country that says, you know what, we want to be the first country to host powerlifting. That wants to displace another sport from it. Um so there's a lot of arguments to be had before it ever gets there. World powerlifting, so this is what I rang Rob about. Um, world powerlifting are also going to try and get recognized um, by the IOC, um, but they're a really long way from that as well because they still need to get a huge number of member nations. They want to get into the World Games eventually, but that's all way down the track. If I, so. if I know correctly, the IPF are trying to get single-player equipped lifting as an Olympic sport, not raw really? lifting. Yeah. Okay, well, World that's their, will certainly be going for raw because that's, that's their, what they do. That's their pinnacle, um, which is why it is at the World Games because that is what the IPF believe is the highest level of powerlifting. Right, well, single-player I've already equipped. said I think that's a shit idea. Yeah, so I agree. Cop- I, I 100% IPF. agree. Um, but yeah, World Powerlifting trying long way short. So basically, as far as recognition goes, powerlifting's not even past first base where... We're still waiting in the sheds to go out and bat. What do they call it in baseball? The dugout. The dugout. Shout out, Doug. <laughs> I'm <He's> out. out. <laughs> okay. So, so haven't even been recognized. Um, weightlifting. 
So would you want powerlifting and weightlifting in the same Olympics? I, I mean, personally wouldn't care. I like lifting, but I don't think most people would. Um, I don't see why it would be any different to there being three types of canoeing, for instance. I love canoeing. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you would say that about canoeing. Or three types of slalom or whatever. Yeah, slalom's sick. It's so mad. You go down like a little S-bands, boom, turn some corners. <laughs> paddle 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 um, I think like it would make the stuff in weightlifting more impressive if powerlifting was next to it yeah maybe so you know it might increase the appeal of weightlifting by adding in the inferior less athletic less impressive sport <laughs> yes but I think <laughs> but yeah like I said I don't think that adds I don't think it adds anything if I wouldn't like to see powerlifting replace weightlifting so if powerlifting were to be in the Olympics, then it should be alongside weightlifting. What's funny is I think powerlifting probably has greater global participation. I'm making that up, but like I reckon powerlifting global participation would be more than weightlifting, or at least yeah, very so similar. Much, so much because easy. it's so it's, yeah, everyone the barriers to entry is zero. Yeah, everyone who's walked in the gym has done a squat or a bench or a deadlift. Yeah. Whereas you know most people probably can't snatch without hurting themselves. Yeah, but that might be one of the things that makes weightlifting appealing. So in terms of global participation, powerlifting's got to be up there. But, Can you move um, your foot down? It's fucking gross sorry. in my face. Okay, so let's talk about weightlifting because up until about March, they were actually provisional status um, for Paris 2024. I think that's now been lifted and the presumption is they'll be there. But um, but yeah, weightlifting has been in a bit of strife because of their drug problem. And this is another reason why I think powerlifting might be very, very unappealing to the Olympics. So... Nine countries were banned from the IWF for a year due to multiple positives appearing on retests for the 20, um, 2008 and 2012 Olympics. And I found this really funny. In the men's 94 kilo class, one lifter went from ninth to getting the bronze medal because seven people failed tests. So that's, pre- that's pretty hectic, right? That's unbelievable. Um, so listen to the countries that were banned for a year from the IWF. Well, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Okay. Kazakhstan. Correct. Russia. Yes. Belarus. Yes. Um, China? Yep. Um, three more? Uh, uh, no, f- five more. Four more? You said seven, didn't you? No, I said nine countries. Oh, nine. No, no, it's four. Okay, Ukraine, Armenia, Azerbaijan, Moldova, and Turkey. So they, they've all served the band and returned to competition, right? What happened with Bulgaria? Uh, Something, that I think, didn't they get banned for like a long time in the 80s? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably. Um, but anyway, point is, they've had nine countries of which, like, Russia and China are a pretty big deal. I mean, the rest also. But Russia and China are a pretty big deal. Banned for a year from competition because they had so many positives on retest, right? They've returned to competition. And the IOC gave, um, gave the IWF a bunch of requirements so as to not be removed from the Olympic program to past 2020. That included full implementation of some recommendations from the International Clean Sport Commission and the Sports Program Commission. Um, they had to have like a wider code compliance monitoring program, a bunch of other things, right? So the IWF's been sort of under the thumb of the IOC trying to prove that they're still worthy of admission. Um, some countries have had their athlete quota reduced. So countries that had 20 or more positives between 2008 and 2018, I think that's an in international competition, um, had their quota of lifters reduced from eight to two. Countries that had between 10 and 19 were reduced to four, so they're allowed two men and two women. So, no, countries are getting smashed, and I think there's now a total, there's now a limit, I think, on the total number of weightlifters as well that can go to the Olympics. So, 
they're all they're being viewed a little bit unfavorably and in all do you think that's unfavorable though well it is because they're I think so. They're putting restrictions on the number of athletes that can compete because they've recognized the sport has a real drug problem, right? That's that's the only reason they're doing it is because every time they do retesting of Olympic samples, they find heaps of weightlifters are doping. Do you think that helps the doping problem or do you think no? What they're doing? Hmm. Um, I'm not certain, but they're doing some other things as well. So, for instance... If you look at the lifts that were some of the countries who had banned lifters, mm. if you look at their lifts then versus now they're actually those lifters are no better like what are you saying those particular lifters haven't improved in those years yeah since being banned so there might be evidence to suggest that they are actually off drugs possibly or that they're having to be smarter about the drugs or use less or something the IWF but the weird thing is the IWF is sort of doing things um, out of both hands like in this matter so for instance They've mandated that everybody has to compete six times in the 18-month qualification period for the Olympics so that they can be subjected to more testing, which you would consider quite good. Um, that's yeah, probably... That good. Yeah, I think that's a smart idea. Um, but at the European Championship... Oh, sorry. Last year, there were banned athletes from Turkmenistan who'd failed... Like, they hadn't... Um, they hadn't done, like, whereabouts notices or something, so they ended up getting, like, a mandatory drug ban. Um, and then they allowed them to compete at Worlds anyway as exhibition lifters because I think Turkmenistan was hosting them. So, so then, like, the IOC was kind of pissy at them because they're like, well, why are you letting banned lifters who are banned because of a drug-related offence compete at your Worlds, even if it's in an exhibition capacity? That doesn't really say much about your value of clean sport. So I don't think that looks good. And then the day that the one-year ban on Russia ended, they were awarded the European Championships, which, again, the IWF said that's a decision for European weightlifting. But, again, it doesn't seem like globally that sport's enormously concerned about, like, about the drug problem. So I I think they're as close to Sportona non grata as you can get and still be in the Olympic program right now. Do you think that's a, like, um, historic issue? Just like... Oh, absolutely. It's just built into the sport? Absolutely. Like, weightlifting, I think, is very much about drugs. Um, you know, and I think... I think if you were to go back to like what the seventies or whatever, then like all the athletes who were doing well from all the Eastern Bloc countries were on drugs, um, and whether or not they're using less drugs now, I think the athletes that can use drugs and get away with it are going to win at weightlifting big time. Um, so, and maybe because weightlifting is one of the sports where there's only one big international federation that people can compete in, and it's drug tested. You know, it forces everybody who wants to use weight, um, use drugs and compete in weightlifting to try and get into that federation. Maybe because having the Olympic dream there, you know, incentivizes people to use drugs. Maybe that's a reason why they have a drug problem. But it is a sport where if you can use drugs and get away with it, you're going to do really well. And culturally, you know, on, maybe not culturally, but historically, the countries that, that have done well have been countries that have had problems with drugs. So, so I think that is a problem of weightlifting. Yeah, I agree. But I think powerlifting really risks being tied by the same brush because not only do we have the same the same sort of we lift weights try and be really strong and benefit from drugs image, but we also have lifters who are recognised and glorified who openly use drugs or at the very least openly don't say that they don't use drugs and we know that they do. And avoid competing in federations where they're tested. Yeah, yeah so we have non-tested federations where lifters are venerated for doing well. Um we don't necessarily have a higher number of positives. I actually got some stats about that. Um, 
We don't necessarily have a higher number of positives in our drug-tested federations than weightlifting, but it's certainly no better. And I'm sure if we were in the Olympic program, there would be people who'd be willing to cheat to get a gold medal. And I also wrote this down just because it was super funny. Six Kazakh athletes refused to return medals. They were ones that got doping violations and were told they were DQ'd. Six refused to return their medals. One one woman who was a weightlifter said she lost hers. I think she had like a gold medal or a bronze medal or something. Um, <laughs> that's one of the two. One, she two of the three it. medals. And she's like, oh, I can't find it. <laughs> so they're not returning it. That's like um, when South Sydney won the premiership in 2014. Yeah. Dylan Walker dropped his ring, his championship ring. In the harbour. In the harbour. Oh, no way. I know. What an That's idiot. dreadful. Suck at Dylan Walker better and win another championship. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I just thought that was really funny. But yeah, like I don't think powerlifting benefits from being related at all to weightlifting. I think the last thing the IOC would want is another um, fucking lifting weights federation in because this one's plainly some type of a problem child yeah. like i said as of march apparently they're not on conditional status anymore so that's all well and rosy for weightlifting but they're certainly not like off the hook they have a cultural problem with drugs um now drug test results i wrote this down too because it was yeah, interesting the, something that just came to my mind then was um something we spoke about with wilksy mm. was yes. um the how few drug tests there actually were in the ipf through those years so those percentages might be low but maybe they'd be higher if there were more tests well yeah very possibly um so i actually i don't think i wrote down the absolute numbers here but i found a 2015 wider report and it included um it included like ioc recognized sports and then non-ioc recognized sports they're under another association that i want to say is like is called GACE or something like G-A-I- osf or something like that um but anyway they had had the drug test results of them from 2015 so weightlifting had two and a half percent ish of their tests returned positive in 2015 um and oh sorry that's two and a half percent of their tests returned what's called an adverse analytical finding which is to say that like they found something that is banned so naughty in their thingy but a single test so like i could take a drug test from you and find like d-ball clan and trend unlikely looking at you (laughs) definitely wouldn't find those yeah but say i did that would be three adverse analytical findings so it's not necessarily that all athletes were doping but two and a half percent of the tests run found an adverse analytical finding um i found it i found it funny they had a natural bodybuilding federation that had had wider testing 14 percent of their tests came back positive they had a much smaller testing pool so like presumably they're testing a lot of athletes that they expect to pop um crossfit only did six tests and one of them came back all positive. Six. <laughs> all six. Um, but also, like, neither the bodybuilding or CrossFit thingy are IOC recognized. So, like, whatever. Um, powerlifting was in there as well. So, about 3.5% of their tests returned positive in 2015. And that's without taking into account the fact that Wilksy reckons that, you know, there's probably some underrepresented should be positive tests that should be in the mix. And was that IPF powerlifting? Um, well, if they're the people who were under the wider code in 2015, so I presume so. Okay. Um, but this, this is a wider report, not IPF. But point is, 3.5% positives, that's more than weightlifting by a pretty decent proportion. Doesn't look good. Um, but, you know, so bear that in mind. It's not like we're looking better on the drug front than weightlifting. On top of that, at 2016, this is... Um, so all of that, by the way, is like forgetting retesting from Olympics where they're obviously finding plenty of plenty of not good stuff at 2016 weightlifting had the third highest number 
of adverse analytical findings of the sports in the summer games. So they have 1.9%. Um, and, you know, I presume the same was true in 2008 and 2012. What was higher? Jack hmm? um, and field. Surely. It was boxing, I think, and baseball or something like that. It was weird. But, um, but there's so, much, so many steroids in baseball. Um, but um, when they do retesting, though, right, they keep finding more. So weightlifting doesn't look good on the drug front. I think powerlifting's going to have a massive uphill battle to look good to the Olympics on the drug front, which is another reason why you need like a global super dominant don't use drugs only powerlifting community to ever get in the Olympics. I don't see that happening no. in powerlifting either. No. So another reason why I don't think powerlifting is going to make the Olympics, right? Um, Making a strong case here, William. Yeah. Uh, now, do you think, we were speaking about overt non-drug tested federations, do you think they're good or bad for powerlifting's chances? Um, I think it's bad. I think it's bad. <laughs> I think it's good for powerlifting, the sport. Yeah, I can But I, can but I think it makes things too confusing for the people who aren't in the sport. Mm-hmm. Just too many different rules, too many um, different expectations. And, you know, just because you compete in a federation where you aren't tested doesn't mean you use drugs. And people who do use drugs in those federations could easily cross over and say, oh, I was just competing there yeah, and not using drugs when they were and then go to the Olympics. And I think if there was a gold medal at the Olympics at at the end of the road for them if they did it there'd be a lot of incentive to do that and I think that's another thing that's going to make people really cautious absolutely I think yeah if there was a massive globally dominant drug tested federation with really solid out of competition testing procedures that was finding low positive results then we'd have a much stronger case but that doesn't exist and even were that to exist there'd still be a a significant probably majority still of people not competing in that federation that's just the way powerlifting is so that's a problem um, let's talk about though, just let's imagine for, or do you want to take a break or do you want to keep talking? Yeah, let's do a break. Okay. Quick break. Weekly weights. Weekly weights. Will and Alex. Yo, yo. See how I give you some space to introduce yourself? <laughs> so much better that way. You know, people got to know your voice and my voice. So they can differentiate them. I'm the one with the searing insights and good jokes. Alex is the one that just grumbles here and there. He <laughs> calls me big nose. Um, Man, big nose was one time. What did you say this morning? One time on the air. Yeah, but this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That your mum would have struggled to birth you with, with, if nose. it was just your nose. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. Far out. Meanwhile, I could smell you saying that from the room next door. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so, so, the next question is, presuming powerlifting makes the Olympics, won't happen. Um <laughs> <laughs> never gonna happen. It's a pipe dream. It is a pipe dream. Um, Wilksy also said, eh, never in a thousand years. You and I will both be dead by the time that happens. <laughs> we'll be long gone. And I was like, for fuck's sake, Rob, I'm only like 26. You're like 250 or something. Like, He's pretty old. Sweat. He's like 65. Is he? Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, anyway, he says pipe dream as well. Old man, Robert. So, um, what style... What style or which federation of powerlifting would be represented? Let's forget like actual federations, like forgetting whether it would be the IPF or World Powerlifting or my upcoming federation that I'm going to launch eventually. Um, let's just talk about what style of powerlifting we'd want to have. So you already said raw. I agree with raw. Yeah, raw um, combo rack. Mm-hmm. Same bar for all lifts. Mm-hmm. Squats obviously have to be walked out because combo rack. Mm-hmm. Um, 
sleeves. Yep. That's probably it. As far as rules go, weight classes. What about weight classes? I think there'd have to be a reduced number. So there would have to be... This is another thing Robert mentioned. You would have to have an equal number of weight classes for men and women. So I think weightlifting has seven and seven. I'm not certain on that. I think it's eight and eight or seven or six and six. Is it? Okay. Point is, there's an even number. I'm pretty sure it's 10 and 10 in the IWF world and then eight and eight at the Olympics. Something like that. Or maybe it's eight and eight and and then seven and seven. I think the reason that, that world powerlifting is eight and eight is because the Olympics was eight and eight. Right. I believe. Okay, but point is, there has to be an equal number for men and women, whereas I think in the IPF, there's an unequal number of weight classes. Yep. So you need, I suspect they would have to reduce the number of weight classes um, just to make it more appealing again. So reduce the number of weight classes, reduce the athlete pool, that'd probably piss off a lot of competitors because then once every four years, they'd have to like try and maximize their performance in a different weight class. And I'm not sure how qualification would work, but I think it would be more appealing with fewer weight classes. Yeah, similar to um, like Pro Raw. Yeah, like you just don't want to have to like crown 35,000 gold medalists. Because Pro Raw is just three female and I think, I want to say six male or five male. Right. Yeah, so I think reduced number of weight classes would be good. Obviously, they'd have to be even, so it might be five and five or something would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how on earth that could possibly work, but that would be a hurdle to overcome. I don't think having eight weight classes would be the best. Um, I think one kilo increments would be good. Um, I just, mean, Just to align with... Uh, weightlifting yeah I, I just don't see it'd just be another thing you'd have to explain like why do they do two and a half kilo weight increments you know what because Would that's what people use go in gyms. to the rising bar i love this is completely un- tangential i love the idea of rising bar competitions for powerlifting i think it would be so much fun imagine like the games of chicken you'd play where like so uh, say say think deadlifts right where the bar goes up by one kilo if nobody says like they'll take it like auction style within like 30 seconds or something and you have two people who are deadlifting a roughly similar amount and you don't want to go first because the next person can just chip you by a kilo and you just end up playing games of chicken i reckon lots of people would bomb but it, or maybe not bomb but lots of people would miss lifts but i reckon that'd be awesome fun um they, they i don't think they would go to a rising I bar i think it would only be good in really close competitions because if if you go to local comp for instance you might be the best deadlifter by 60 kilos in your yeah. group yeah, you have to follow yourself twice. Yeah, it stinks. That would be terrible. Yeah, but it'd be fun to have a rising bar. Be good in a, it. Would be good in a close competition. I I agree, but I think, I think it would be too hard, because the the um, strain you take on the body when you squat something really big, for instance, mm. you just can't turn around and hit a bigger attempt in three minutes. Like you just, yeah, it's not really possible. Whereas in yeah, but that's why you'd have to be so strategic in weightlifting. It more so, it is more possible. I reckon you should have unlimited number of attempts until you miss. Like high jump. Is that how it works in high jump? High jump, you jump in when you're ready. Yeah. And you just just hit the ones you want to hit and that's it. Right. Well, yeah, I reckon you should have to Fosbury flop your bar before you lift it. That's the high jump where you fall over backwards, isn't it? Fosby, yeah. Fosby? Fosby. Yeah, because that put, people used to scissor the bar all the time, eh? Hey? Mm. Yeah. Um. No. Okay. Yeah, I think you should have an unlimited number of attempts until you miss. So I reckon like you just do 60 or something just so you're in the meet. You never bomb. And then you just jump in at random attempts on the way up. There'd probably have to be an arbitrary starting point, but I reckon it'd be really fun in close competitions. If have it a was unlimited, bar. I think it'd be, it would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there'd be like a... warm-ups on the platform then. As if you wouldn't just do your last two warm-ups on the platform. Probably. You'd get the... Get the, um, get the crowd get hot. Settled, get settled on the platform and stuff. Mm, maybe they would take have way to. too long. 
Yeah, maybe they'd have to limit the number. Anyway, I would like a rising bar, not in the Olympics, like as in just in general. I reckon there's scope for like a rising bar team style powerlifting competition where you like nominate one lifter per event or something. Yeah, I've thought That'd about I've thought about that for an event. Like you have a team of three, one of your squats, one of your benches, one of your deadlifts, biggest total. Yeah, and I reckon if you did that rising bar style, so people had really close duking contests with whoever they were trying to outlift in each lift or you could just do it the way it is now but allow changes on the final attempt of all three that'd actually be really good fun and then the team total wins or like or team placing wins I don't know maybe do it on Wilkes so you could have people of different weight classes that'd be fun um, anyway not in the Olympics although team powerlifting could be a new discipline of powerlifting in the Olympics we'll just start a new federation world powerlifting team powerlifting world team world powerlifting world team powerlifting team world powerlifting sounds like we're full cheerleaders for world powerlifting Go team World Powerlifting. World Team Powerlifting. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, that'd be fun. But no, Joking not a rising still bar. listening? Probably this not. It's been a shit show. Fuck off. It's been really good. It's I did research. <laughs> you, but it's been a shit show. Oh, no, it hasn't. I've given a really cogent... But, but it's been our suit. shit show. It, every week, <laughs> Friday, 7am, Australian Eastern Standard Time, our shit show comes out. No, I thought I've been doing a good job. You've been lagging. You know, if we were a tug of war team, I'd be the anchor. And you'd be that shitty little guy at the front that just G's everyone up. You're like the cocks in rowing. You don't actually do anything. You're just dead weight. Make noise. Hype man. I'm Flavor Flav. <laughs> Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, I reckon reduce number of weight classes. Anyway, that's my only contribution. What, would be, one what weight reason. classes would you choose? I just said I don't know. Okay, we'll pick some. Decide. Okay. Uh, maybe like a 70 kilo male class. That'd be the lightest? Yeah. Maybe, or maybe like, maybe 65, yeah. 75, 90, 90, 105, 120 super. That's Something six like that. though. Is that six? Maybe cut, maybe go... Bigger gap. Bigger, you need a bigger gap. So maybe like 65, 65 85. That's a big gap. Yeah, but you need big gaps because you've got to get no, all the way, you got to get all 65, the way to super. 65, 65, 80. 95, so 15 kilo gaps, 110. Super. Super. But nah. So 125 you super. need that's a 120. Five, no, that's, that's six. Okay, we'll do six. Okay, that's then. less than eight. That's still good. Okay, six female classes. No, no, no. 55. Isn't this? 65. Oh. 74. 70, 85. 100 open. That about For, what? That's close to what we have now, isn't it? I don't know. Okay, anyway, I don't know is the short answer. Let's just skip past that. So, point is, um, raw, maybe reduce weight classes, one kilo increments, three lift only, walk out. Yeah, okay. Um, to make it better for the fans, mm. no spotters. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, miss your die. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, people will take such conservative attempts. I reckon, no. Or maybe if you were going to do no spotters, you could actually do like monolift style spud straps, but that just looks crap. I don't rate that. Mm. No. No, no spotters. Fuck it. Glory or death. Death or glory. Yeah. Um, No, spotters probably, I think. What I think would make it better for the fans, so let's talk about how we'd televise it. Um, I think you need a televised scorecard with live projections of the placings and what people like... um, Live... Sorry. Life projections of the placings if they make or miss the lift and also like an updating thing of what people will need because otherwise a lot of lifts don't really make much sense. People will be like, why are you lifting that? 
So that'd be good. And I think they should have, this is what I was saying earlier in the podcast, I think you should have multiple competitions running simultaneously. So particularly when people are benching and stuff, you basically just want to cut to the bench when it's been handed out and they're about to lift it or when it's like going to be a world record attempt and cut straight back to somebody doing like a squat or a deadlift and things. Because the time in between lifts that's unexciting. Like bench is actually okay to watch. I, th- I think to, to spice up the time between lifts, you could interview the lifter as soon as they come off the platform. Can you imagine how... How's that awful? squat? Be like, it's tough. It's rough. Can't see. You get some really interesting things from different lifters. Imagine if you had Zahir Kadira off into the Olympics. It'd be kill, very hard. Kill, motherfucker. Kill. <laughs> He's just... They five, just have bleeping. 550. <laughs> 550. Um, that's fucked. That's more than my first total when I powerlifted. That's like 100 when, kilos more than my first remember total. remember when he... Did that 450 squat at GPA Worlds. Took his shirt off, threw it at the crowd. And then he was yelling out 1,100 to the crowd. Like he was going to total 1,100 kilos at 125. Was he? That's, I don't remember That's that, what he yeah. said. He, okay. kept on, he kept putting his 11s up. That's what he was doing. I honestly thought he was like, glory to God. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um. Anyway, multiple competitions running simultaneously. Cut between lifts right when people are going to do it. Live scorecard. That would actually make it pretty watchable on TV. Um. I don't know how you'd handle doing that in one arena so that people could watch it but like there's plenty of places like IPL I think are known for having like multiple platforms happening at once like USAPL National yeah the, IPF, uh, the USAPL yeah. does that yeah um, well you could just you could just stagger it so you have three platforms yeah platform one starts on squats once platform one finishes on squats they start on bench yeah and then once sorry once platform one starts on bench platform two begins on squats yeah you could so there's, then there's always squats happening yeah so, um, I reckon you need full hype commentary. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Like massive G up level, like or like ESPN level, like just great bands. Yeah, you need you need a lead play by play guy and a color commentator, and you need someone behind the scenes, like in the warm up area, like oh, yeah. he's he's getting his quad quad rub down after that one. We'll we'll, we'll give you another update soon. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. But again, suddenly the production costs of this, like you'd have to sink a lot into it to make it a good television spectacle. Oh no, Coach Bergman just put talc in the chalk bowl. <laughs> he's got a warning. <laughs> Done it so many times. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that would actually make it pretty watchable. But I still, look, in short, I don't see it happening. But if you would have multiple platforms running simultaneously, the rules we said there, figure out reduced weight classes, really hype commentary, high production value TV, it could be a good watch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think they should probably just do that at Worlds. They, they do a pretty good job at IPF Worlds with the commentary. They have like... Yeah, they have okay commentary. The, um, Lifters has like the little... Um, the little like player card. Yeah. Lifter card. It's got their like occupation and age and like their best lifts and everything. Yeah, that's they, pretty they good. They do a pretty good job like explaining the um the stakes of each lift, like this is for a medal in the squad or whatever, and they do a, a pretty good job with the camera angles as well. Like they follow them out on the platform. They've got like m- multiple angles of the lift themselves and they got replays, all that kind of stuff. Like they they're most of the way there. Um do you think in powerlifting I actually don't know what I think. Do you think in powerlifting that the majority of weight classes are well enough contested, like there's close enough battles to make it very, very interesting at the Olympic level? Because for most events in the Olympics, there's normally a few people who you feasibly think could win, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you go to IPF, if you even just look at IPF Worlds, Mm. if they were to reduce it from eight to to six, Mm. you'd get like some spillover into different categories and you'd get like one or two more people potentially could win each class yeah and like 
Except for the occasional class like Ray Williams, for instance, where he just fucking wins on his openers. But that's still good to watch but that's, because he's so good. Yeah, he's just so much better than everyone else. He's like such an outlier. Yeah. Um, I think there are, you know, two to five people who can win most classes at the at the world level just in the IPF. And that's not even including the rest of the federations. Yeah. Yeah, well, considering that, it could be like, it could be good, but it just won't happen. Yeah. Okay, so... Let's sum up what we've said so far. In conclusion, it's a pipe dream. Yeah, in conclusion, it's a pipe dream. But were it a pipe dream that occurred, reduce the number of weight classes. Well, that's just what we think. That's what we think. Um, but yeah, basically, to sum up, how far along... Idea, idea. Yes. Take out weightlifting, bring in powerlifting, combine the two, super total, that's the only Olympic barbell sport. Thoughts? Bring back Mark Henry. You remember him? bring him back he would demolish it it would be so good can you imagine Lasha Lasha you know Lasha the Georgian weightlifter snatch 220 you seen him no he's really wait is he giant he's really big he's like 6'6 yeah 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 no I don't know who you're talking about yeah yeah imagine him squatting yeah it'd be outrageous he'd squat 400 plus easy yeah most of the weightlifters would be like the best squatters in the world I mean he snatches 220 he could definitely deadlift 350 very likely he'd be unbelievable the super total yeah he'd be really good but I still reckon Mark Henry has him covered just because of WWE hype. hype who else do you reckon he'd come across I reckon in super total or just in in powerlifting in powerlifting I reckon we'd get a few sprinters like yeah, yeah, in the, the lighter the weight guys, the shorter guys like yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's his name Johan Blake imagine if he jacked up if he jacked up if he like got like if he more jacked up but he's up. only like he's only like 85 kilos sick he, he's Jack to the bejesus. But he'd be taller than most of the 83s or 85s in whatever weight class. Like, he'd be... Yeah, he'd have to get to, like, 95. 5'8 or something, or 5'9, right? Right. So, if he got to, like, 95, yeah. he'd be amazing. Mm. Yeah, he'd be sick. Um, there's some Aussie guy who's apparently going to start playing rugby, um, and I think his sprinting nickname was Quadzilla. He's got the biggest legs. He's so funny. I think his name's Trayvon or something. Like, it's a... Trayvon. He's Australian. Yeah, yeah and he's white. It's weird. Trayvon. I've, it's probably not that. It's probably just Jeff. <laughs> um, but he's going to start playing rugby. He's got legs like you would not believe. I reckon he would squat and deadlift an absolute fucking ton. So he'd be a good person to get across. And like another good example, Tom Martin. So, you know, British guy, amazing deadlift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. can squat and bench. He's a hurdler, heaps. wasn't he? Or yeah, he was a hurdler. Or something? I think the story with him was he went on like bodybuilding.com forums or T-Nation forums and was like, I can deadlift 350. Is that good? And people were like, fuck off like yeah, standard troll liar yeah and then he was like oh no you go and like post these videos and people were like holy shit like compete right now you're like yeah, ridiculous you should, you should probably do battle yeah um similar thing happened apparently with eric spoto he was like spoto 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 i think spoto right um but i call it the spoto press half the time how weird is that i think his name is spoto but if there. i say eric before this it, it's spoto but if i say spoto press it's spoto yeah, that makes sense. Because everyone... Have you seen... This really irks me. If you're out there listening and you spell Spoto or Spoto with two Ts, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Someone's name. Yeah, but that might be just phonetic spelling because they've heard me calling it the Spoto Press incorrectly so many times. No, it's not, it's not your clients. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, yeah, that's unbelievable. Don't do that. <laughs> um, so, no, I think a similar thing happened with him. I think he went on an internet forum and was like, yeah, I bench like 600. What up? And everyone was like, shut up. Like, it was so sick. Yeah, it was so sick of you people. And then he posted posted some like training videos of him like 
pausing two inches off his chest, so spotto pressing like six hundred and doing like you know one hundred and forty kilos for like fifty or something, and being like, yeah, you know, see, and everyone was like, what, what are you doing? Like, go do some powerlifting, and so you know, I think he did. Um, there was a guy who, um, speaking of Mark Henry, yeah, have, did you listen to the? Um, did you listen to the? Um, Juggernaut podcast where they talked about professional athletes crossing over to strength sports. Did you listen to that one? No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, they spoke about who would be really good at powerlifting in yeah. just the in the American professional sports. And there was a guy who now plays in the NFL yeah. who broke all of Mark Henry's Texas high school powerlifting records. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to look it up. Yeah. But like his lifts were like, I think he squatted like eight ten in like loose equipment and knee yeah. wraps like shitty equipment bench like I, th- I can't remember like 560 and pulled like seven something right so like as, a, as a high schooler yeah that's and now ridiculous. he plays in the nfl right so i was just, i was thinking when we would heaps of those kind of dudes in the nfl and in on oh, i reckon it not even in the nfl you'd hockey. find the guys who didn't make the nfl who were like just not quite good enough. Well, yeah, Ray Williams is an example of that. Yeah, like he was just look how ridiculously his, good he is. He was just a bit short for his position. Yeah, so all those people, if powerlifting was an Olympic sport to get there, I reckon powerlifting might also be like the last little like potential glory run for a few like freakish Olympic athletes who are just past it. Like, what's the name of the guy who was a shot putter? Um, Chad Wellesley Smith has a massive thing for him. I think he was German or Austrian or something. He's a big shot putter and he was like ridiculously explosive and there's footage of him doing this thing where he would do like just two-footed jumps and he was like jumping hurdles spaced like two meters apart and then he jumps up the stairs of a stadium like a little indoor one and he's jumping up like you know six stairs at a time and it's all just reactive strength just going bounce 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 like people like that would probably do their two olympics in their actual sport and then like yolo powerlift and maybe come back and just like squat a world record or something. Yeah, or even some some weightlifters. Yeah. Like imagine Lu Xiaojun. Yeah. Like, what did he squat? Like 275 or something? No, high bar? No. High bar like, beltless? Walked it forward. Yeah, okay, so he doesn't know what at he's like doing. 70, at like 75 <laughs> kilos. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, so I um I don't know if that does much for the value of powerlifting though. If other Olympic athletes are like, oh shit, we'll just do this easy one now and I'm done with my actual sport. Yeah, that's like almost what I said earlier with like, if you put it in next to weightlifting, it'll just make weightlifting look more impressive yeah so it probably won't make the olympics no okay <laughs> all right so let's sum this up powerlifting so far no international body is recognized by the ioc so powerlifting's not an like an ioc recognized sport um maybe we're on the way but it's not happening anytime soon oh i should mention para powerlifting so para powerlifting obviously is in the olympics in the paralympics para powerlifting I, th- I can't remember what they're called like world para powerlifting or something are not part of the ipf they're a completely separate organization um and so it's under world powerlifting isn't it para powerlifting no isn't it no um out of rob wilkes's own mouth they work very closely with them but they're a separate entity entirely so that's not even like an in for us that's that's a completely separate argument that's already been had there in the paralympics powerlifting is not making the olympics Weightlifting has heaps of drug problems. Powerlifting would be tied with the same brush. If it did come in, you'd have to make changes to the competition structure and how to, and how you televised it to make it more appealing. It's not going to happen. Other athletes would be sick of it. What do you got to add to that? Nothing. Summed, summed it up very well. All right, sick. Um, so all you powerlifters out there, yeah, you're not going to go to the Olympics <laughs> no, for powerlifting. Never. 
pick up one of the four equestrian sports. <laughs> Probably got a better shot there. Mate, if you're a powerlifter, you're going to be absolutely shit at horse riding. Horse riding is all about having like the least possible mass. Dressage. Is that dress ups? I don't know. I think dressage I, is the I one where on you. The list. I think dressage is the one where you do like little tricky routines. Dressage. I don't know if that's show jumping or I think you do like you make your horse sort of canter sideways and it poses a bit. It's like the synchronized swimming of horses. You know what I'm talking about? Um, highly skilled form of riding performed in exhibition and competition as well as an art sometimes pursued solely for the sake of mastery. Yeah, so. What I said there. Little. Powerlifting is an art pursued solely for the sake of mastery because it's certainly not going to get you a gold medal at the Olympics. Or any money. <laughs> yeah, or any money. All right, I'm done. I don't have anything more to say. It's not going to be in the Olympics. Change my mind. I can't. All right, sweet. Mark Change Scott. our mind. If you if you disagree, hit us up. Like, comment, subscribe. Someone leave a comment on our Podbean or yeah, so we can or read leave, leave a review on our iTunes because... We're, we're lacking content to read out at the end of episodes. We've just been ending with Sia. Yeah. And, you know, I, I liked when we were, were finished with the review. When I'm like, when my PT business is making so much money, I can just go on full coast mode and like just stay in one of my 15 mansions. So never. We'll make a YouTube channel. Because I just, I the only reason I want a YouTube channel is so I can start videos with what's up YouTube. You know. It's your boy, Willie Burke, a.k.a. Whatever. The something. Yeah, back on the mic. You know, YouTubers always start with, what's up, YouTube? And then they apologize for not having done a video in like a day or whatever. What's up, YouTube? Sorry I've been gone from the tubes for a while. The tubes. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what we call it in the biz. <laughs> exactly. I'm back. I want to do that. And I want YouTube to subtitle my name incorrectly. You know, Omar Isof, how he always gets the YouTube subtitles of his names incorrect. They're so funny. Okay. Everybody listening, Omar Isof, Isof, Isof. Go to his um, Instagram page. Look at just about any of his posts. Probably one in five posts are him when he's put up a new YouTube video. And it's the it's a picture of him and it's got the subtitles from YouTube of um, of like what they've said his name is. And it's so funny. It's always like, oh my ass off and things like that. And it's just so funny. Are you looking at it now, Alex? Here we go. What's cracking, guys? Oh my ass off here. Back with another <laughs> video in this video. Yeah, so there's one, and they're they're all over the place. It is so funny. So it's I might definitely not one in five. You lied there. It's frequent. I've seen at least ten. That's what's happening when Weekly Ways get to YouTube anyway. All right. I'm trying to scroll and find another one. All right, see you, dudes and gals. Bye.